Let's all pray together. Forever, oh Lord, you've put forever in our hearts that we uh, indeed want to live forever. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the gift of forever in you. I pray that uh, as we uh, sometimes spend our lives uh, seeking the forever, uh, the eternal, uh, the living amongst things that will die, that we would see that you do live forever, you give us life forever, we can rest in you, we can walk in you, you give us purpose. So I pray today, uh, Easter Sunday, you would grow our faith. I thank you for all these that are here. If they already know you, then strengthen their faith today. If they do not, then open their hearts so they'd see you in a, in a new and a different way. Thank you for the gift of baptism that, that by your spirit you preach sermons in, in the lives that will baptize today. Thank you for your church and not just this church, but the church in Jackson. We pray for those churches this morning that all churches would be filled many times over. We pray for churches in the world and we pray for Christians in the world that do have the faith uh, when asked at risk of their very life, at least their life here on earth, that they respond, yes, I believe in Jesus. Give us such a faith because we know we have forever, forever in you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Y'all can have a seat uh, and get comfortable. I'm going to come down here uh, a little bit and... uh, Are we thankful again for our worship this morning? Praise God. Thankful for worship. And again, just thankful that we could all be together in worship. Okay, so I want to start off and and keep keep in your Bibles Luke 23. We'll get back to that. But I I believe there are four things every human being on the planet desires. I know, bold statement. But there are four things... That all of us want and desire. Uh, first one is uh, we want what I call justice. Uh, now, now, justice is kind of a cliche word, uh, and you can use that as like, you know, justice in the world. But what I mean is like we see something and we perceive it to be wrong, and we say, that's wrong, and I want that to be right. Or we say, that's not right. Uh, we, we can see that maybe. I mean, locally, we see that in the news. Say that's, that's wrong. We seek justice. Give you an example. Uh, so if I, um, if I preach and, and let's say I say something that you disagree with, or let's say I, I make somebody offended, um, I know, big shock sometimes, but like you could get upset at me. Now, that's okay. You, you can be upset, and I've been upset at people. But let's say you take action uh, towards me. And let's say you're here. I don't want to give anybody ideas, but here we go. And so you're in here, and you get so upset that you stand up. Boys, stand up now. Okay? And, oh, oh. Why do you do that, brother? I think of you like a pop, man. See, you hurt me. Anyway, so Boyd was so mad, he got up, took a shot at me. It was a good shot, actually. But, uh, and so you can think, and you can get upset, but let's say you act out. Even if you're offended, you could say, that's not right. You know, he, you know, he, he hit him. That, that's not right. And you want it made right. That's number one. Number two, 
uh, everybody all across the world wants what I'll call spirituality. It's kind of big phrase, generalization. But here's what I mean. Everybody wants to feel like they're connected to some higher purpose, higher sense, higher power. Uh, even, actually I can say this, I've never truly met an atheist, because if I push an atheist, they'll always kind of say, well, yes, I believe in some sense of a higher power, whether you call it God or not. So we want to have some connection to what I'll call the divine. We're all created beings, and I think we can realize that when we see our own mortality or we see a new life brought into the world, and we're like, we want some connection. So, you know, here's, here's something that I used to do. So let me use myself as an example. I told you all, you know, grew up in the church, and then for a, a long season, you know, nearly a decade, I, I wandered from the church. And I would really enter a church every, I mean, CME, Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter. And, and I'd come in, and um, let me just sit, uh, I'll sit kind of middle, inauspicious, even though it's on the end. And, you know, I'd sit there, and I'd be like, you know, yeah, preacher man, and you know, music's pretty good today, you know, I mean, I'm looking at the clock, you know, getting hungry, uh, obviously sports season's thinking about a game, but at times, at points while I'm here, I'll think about, yeah, that, that kind of is interesting, or that says a little something about, about God, and I'll pick up on things that would, um, that would connect me to the divine. I heard this famous actor one time, I'm not going to say his name, all of y'all would know who he is, and he said, um, you know, I'm not a Christian, but I really think every now and then it's good to walk into a church because I like to just kind of go in and sit and think about the idea of God and maybe is God in my life. So it's just, it's just kind of good to go in and chill out every now and then. Famous actor, not going to say his name, but look, that's what I would do uh, over and over again. Even though I wouldn't call myself a Christian, I was like, I still want this sense of, of God um, and, you know, I would do that. Third thing we all want, everybody, is a relationship. We want a relationship. We want someone that we know, we can know, we'd never be, we'll never be truly alone. You know, we'll never really be isolated. That could be a parent. It could be a, um, could be a child. could be a spouse. Uh, I was looking for my wife. She's in the foyer talking. Uh, she, first service, she was here, and uh, here she comes. Just like, uh, you know, we need to use uh, wedding vows. Here she is walking down the aisle. No pun intended. There you go. And so, you know, the, the, the wedding. Um, thank you, babe. I saw you in there talking. Here you go. So the, the wedding would be, you know, we'd hold hands and, you know, I'm trying to think of the, the vows. You know, I, so-and-so, take you, so-and-so, to be my wedded wife, to have a hold this time forth, for better, for worse, rich or poor, sickness and health, till death do us part. Kind of right? Right, yeah, uh, I think about them every day. I always say that uh, one of the, uh, one, I think one of the issues of marriage, thank you, sweetie, is that we don't really think about our vows every day. Actually, we didn't say our vows in our wedding. Our pastor forgot them. Uh, true story. Literally forgot the vows. That was real good. But uh, I think you know, think about those vows. Hey, we're till death do us part. Now, not always a marriage. I mean, you have people in the world today who are against marriage, or you know, marriage redefined. This is not that Sunday, you know, this is not that, that sermon. But uh, it could be just a friendship, relationship, parent, child. Bottom line, we don't want to be alone. We don't want to be alone. Even the rugged, individualistic, rogue John Waynes, you know, there's still, you know, the girl in the bonnet that he will go to. Or there, you don't want to be alone, okay? And then last, not least, fourth, 
beauty. We all seek beauty. What do you mean beauty? Well, I mean, I, I preached about this. We really all want a beautiful life. I mean, you know, we're, we're in our Easter best today. Y'all look great. Uh, we, we want beautiful uh, wives or spouses or boyfriends, girlfriends. Uh, we want a beautiful life in our travel, whether we're, we're looking at grand vistas or mountains, beaches. We want to see beauty and hear beauty. I mean, I think our worship team is, is beautiful in uh, their art of music. God's given them that talent. Uh, I love the stained glass window here. I think it's beautiful. I love seeing it every Sunday. Someone made that, created that. It's beautiful. I love beautiful buildings, um, you know, whether it's a church or another building. I mean, we want to see beauty in the world. We have these desires for justice, for a spiritual life, for relationship, for beauty. Every human being, bold statement, every human being seeks these. Every human being can find all of them in the gospel, in the gospel. You're like, what's, what's gospel? That would be Jesus, Jesus alive today, Jesus sent by the Father, Jesus who died, we looked at that Friday, Jesus who rose again, Jesus who's with us now in the Holy Spirit, Jesus who can be in your heart, Jesus who gives justice who gives true spiritual life, who gives a real relationship, who gives beauty. We're going to talk about that. Before we do, let's look at this passage and see how he gives, how the gospel gives these things through God's Word. Through God's Word. I started in Luke 23. I want to highlight a couple verses there. I was only going to go into Luke 24, but I started reading in 23, and, and the Lord, or the Holy Spirit, really led me there because I saw this guy, Joseph of Arimathea. And I want to highlight him because he was a couple things. One, he was wealthy. He had a lot of property, a lot of land. Uh, Scholars think he had a lot of money and resources. He provided a tomb, a place for Jesus' body. He was also a good citizen. He was on like the highest council. He was also a good religious guy. He was Jewish. He was following all the rules, doing that. And yet, and yet, it said... He was looking for the kingdom of God. Wealthy, good citizen, role model, religious guy, and still seeking something. Didn't exactly know what, but he was seeking something. It says he gave his tomb. No one ever yet been laid. He took a linen shroud, prepared the body of Jesus. Also then goes on that the women uh, were getting ready the spices, the ointments. And then it says, interesting, that they rested. They fulfilled the the laws, the rules of the Sabbath. They took a day off. They took a day of rest. I like this because uh, the women, you know, followed their religion and just chilled out. And yet they were still seeking something. To be good, to be religious, and yet they still sought after something. So, we come to today... Or the morning of the first day of the week. Early dawn, they went to the tomb and they saw, and I love this, two men standing by in dazzling apparel. I love it because it was two. God never, ever sends people on their own or alone. Jesus sends disciples two by two. It's always two. Even here, there were two angels. And they say to the women, 
And I believe they say to us, why do you seek the living among the dead? On Easter morning, a day we as Christians celebrate life, I ask myself and I ask all of us, why do we seek the living among the dead? Here's what I mean. Why do we seek life in things that can die? Uh, a guy I like to uh, read a lot, a man named Tim Keller, pastor church in New York City. He's got this famous saying that if your Savior can be put in a coffin, how will that Savior save you? As in a child or a spouse or a parent or someone you just look to literally as your Savior. That because of him or her, I have meaning, I have completion. Why do you seek the living among the dead. Why do we seek, me too, our life in a career that can die? Why do we seek our life in wealth that can be taken away? The angels proclaim to us now, why, people, do you seek the living among the dead? Instead, do we seek what's alive, alive forever, as we sang about Jesus Christ. And when we seek what is alive and will always be alive, He'll make what's dead come to life again. Jesus who is alive can take a dead marriage and bring it back to life. Jesus who is alive can take a dead life spiritually or emotionally or relationally broken and bring it back to life again. Jesus, who is alive, could take what seems to be a dead church and bring it back to life again. Jesus, who is alive, can take what seems to be a dead city that can be rife with problems and bring it to life again. Jesus, who is alive, is bringing a world that is filled with death alive and will be alive forever when the heavens and the earth unite and He does return again. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why do you seek the living? Among the dead. Now, they go on. He is not here. He is not here. But it says, The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men, crucified, and on the third day rise. Now, the women, and I like to highlight this on Easter, uh, always love Jesus. Jesus showed himself first. He could have showed himself to anybody. Two women. First people saw him, women. Love you, ladies. Amen? Amen. The women leaders and mentors in our lives. And they believed. And they went to the apostles and shared. And look at this. These words seemed an idle tale. Um, I read that and it just, it just resonated like today. Like today. I mean, our world seems like an idle tale. I mean, nice and, you know, Christians have your Easter, but an idle tale. And I, for me... Even, I was wondered at times in my life, it's an idle tale. And then I love Peter, but Peter. Love Peter. Bold, impetuous, uh, will always say the wrong things. You know, I imagine Peter, he got into a lot of brawls or bar fights. That's just me. I like to think that he did. And he went to the tomb. And it says he went home marveling at what he saw. Something had changed, was beginning to change from thinking an idle tale to marveling. Peter had begun to awaken fully, to wake up to life, life. Now then, going back to those four things, four things, justice, spiritual life, relationship, 
beauty. I'll go back. How, how does the gospel, how does Jesus Christ bring us those things? Well, first off, justice. When we say that is not right, and we want it to be right, Jesus Christ makes all things right. Just as He makes all things new. Let me use the most extreme example. Death is not right. Death is wrong. Death is not right. In our, in our bodies, in our, in our DNA, not a doctor, but God has put a, a touch, a very powerful touch of the divine in us in that we want to live forever. We don't want to die. We don't feel like we should die. We see someone with cancer. We say, that, that's wrong. Uh, cells going bad, that's wrong. Why is there decay? Why is there death? Jesus made it right. Jesus was dead. He's alive. Jesus makes death right. He says, in me, you will have life. In me, I have overcome death. In me, the last enemy to be defeated is death. Also, you can say, well, you know, there are all these people out there, and they do like wrong stuff, bad stuff, and they get away with it throughout history. Right now, Scripture is clear. Every person will stand before the Lord and give an account. Uh, that keeps me up at night. Seriously. Scripture is clear. Even when, you know, heaven is open, you're going in, you stand before the Lord and give an account. All things will be made right. Death is made right in Jesus. The world will ultimately be made right. When he returns again, the heavens and the earth unite. A spiritual life. You know, it's very uh, easy and and very kind of, I don't know, nouveau, if that's right, or cool, or like, you know, to think of, you know, spirituality, you know, like in a vague sense, or, you know, like kind of God, or, 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 you know, kind of fuzzy, or, you know, there, there is some, you know, force, not to go into Star Wars, I like stars, but, you know, there's some force out there, and, you know, we're spiritual, and Jesus, you know, God became a person. God became a man who is also fully God. Philippians 2 talks about that God became flesh, humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. God became a baby, a child, born out of a mother's womb, lived, breathed, laughed, wept, died, rose again. It's real, it's physical, it's not vague. It's a person. That's our faith. That's the spirituality that Jesus gives us. And he gives us a relationship. Because that person is also here by the Holy Spirit. And that person will never leave you alone. You'll never be alone. You know, I always like to say, you know, I've, there are times in my life I've, I know what loneliness feels like. I know I've never been alone. A lot of you here have felt loneliness, maybe you're feeling loneliness today. You can know in Jesus you're never alone. You have a relationship that will fill you and complete you that a spouse relationship will not. Love you, sweetie. She would say that too. A child relationship will not. A parent, a friend, buddies, group, club, you know, being in the right circle will not. A relationship with Christ will. It will. And then last, beauty. You're like, beauty, you know, I mean, Jesus, man, and, you know, the cross, not so beautiful. Last night I was, um, I was watching uh, the Bible. I'm actually, I'm looking forward to the Bible tonight. Uh, A.D., Acts is my, my favorite deal in Scripture. But so last night they did the cross, and man, you know, I mean, I thought the passion, you know, was brutal. This is bloody. Uh, it's tough. I mean, I, I, I turned the channel back to the basketball game, but that's another story. But anyway, so... You know, I'm watching it, and I'm like, what's the beauty 
you know, in this. The gospel is so beautiful. That the Christian narrative, God, God the Father sent His Son out of love for you. For God so loved you that there was something that we could not uh, do, feel, contain, kill, a sin, sin in our lives. Sent His Son to live, breathe, but die for you and rise again. God, maker of the universe, comes to you, loves you. It's, the gospel is really a love story. Today's all about a love story. How much Jesus loves you more than anyone ever can. We want you to know that. We want you to know his love for you. So what does all this mean? What's all this mean? Real simple. It's real simple. A couple things. The bad things in your life, the bad things in your life will ultimately turn out good. Romans 8, 28. Should be up on the screen. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. All the bad things will be good. Let me say that again. In Christ, all the bad things will work out for good. That's one thing it means. Another thing it means, all the good things can never be taken away. All the good things in your life that God gives you can never, never, ever be taken away. Psalm 4, verse 7 says, For you have put more joy in my heart than they have when food and wine abound. You, Lord, have put more joy in my heart. I hope you eat well today. Uh, one famous pastor said on Easter, you know, you should have a glass of champagne for breakfast. Some of you already have. Maybe for lunch too. Kind of joking, kind of not. Can we stay with me, guys? I want to throw that wine in there, see if you're, see if you're, you're waking up, seeing if you're with me. Kind of, maybe, sort of. Maybe you're thinking about that glass. Anyway, more joy than an Easter meal, Easter family, glass of whatever, that God can ever be taken away. Never be taken away. And then last, the best is yet to come. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. No eye has seen, no ear heard, nor heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. What does Christianity mean? What does the gospel mean? The bad things in your life will work out for good. The good things can never be taken away, and the best is yet to come. The bad things work out for good. Good things can't be taken away. The best is yet to come. You need to know this. Gentlemen, ladies, I pray you embrace it. Now, what do you do now? It's very simple. You wake up. I mean, I'm not literally wake up, but wake up, awaken. A lot of us sleepwalk through life. I have. Sleepwalk through life. And you know, that there are two ways uh, that you can wake up to the gospel, to the marvel, to the beauty of the gospel. And there are two ways all of us wake up. For me, uh, every morning, you know, I'll wake up. Alarm goes off, stagger, uh, stagger from bedroom down the hall, hopefully don't trip, bump into anything, mosey uh, across the living room to the kitchen, and, and there is this uh, move that I make because I've timed the coffee machine, and there's a, uh, there's, a, there's a button or, I don't know, something sticking out, and I, I just have to flip it, and hopefully the coffee will turn on, hopefully I won't fall. Hopefully, it'll make three quarters of a pot that I need to drink. But before that happens, then I'll turn around, crash on the couch, and thankfully, at some point here, that you know, beep, 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 know the coffee's on, and then, you know, maybe after two cups, I'm ready to go. It takes me a while. You know what I'm saying? 
Others, oh, by the way, who wakes up like that? Any, thank you, Heidi Bear. I'm not shocked. Okay, a few of us do. Okay, a few of us do. Now, but there are others of us who, you know, alarm goes off, immediately awake, ready to rock, ready to go. This would be my wife. It's like five minutes after she wakes up, she is cooking, preparing a meal. I'm like, oh my, you know, it like makes me want to vomit. You know, just see, not, not, you know, just the idea, like, man, stop, please. And that's her. Anybody else like that? A few. I, Jeff, I'm not surprised either, Jeff. Go. Anyway, so there are two ways you can wake up. Here's why I say that. Sometimes the Lord takes us gently to wake up to the marvel of a living Lord, and that's okay. That's honestly how I came into salvation. Sometimes it's just, it's brand new, we know it, it's big, it's bold, we see it, we are ready to rock. We love that as well. But the Lord works in different ways to waken people up to His marvel and His power. All we can do as His servants is say, wake up. Wake up to the glory, wake up to the beauty, wake up to life, wake up to life forever. You have an opportunity to do that every moment because the Holy Spirit's always working. You have a wonderful opportunity to do it on a Sunday. You have a wonderful opportunity to do it on an Easter Sunday to wake up to the power. We encourage you to do so now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it gives us everything we need and that your gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, gives us, gives us what we seek for, a relationship, a life, beauty, truth, justice, uh, everything. And I, I pray that I would see it more. I pray that we would see it more. pray we see it in the lives that we're about to baptize and the story you have for them, in them, through them. Most of all, it's all about you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.